0: Thank you for tuning in to The Rate Stuff. I'm your host, Lisa Rate, former cabinet minister in Stephen Harper's government from 2008 to 2015. I'm here now at CIBC Capital Markets, and in this podcast, I'm gonna share insights on current hot topics in the areas of public policy, politics, and business with some guests along the way. Welcome back to The Rate Stuff. In our continuing time spent in the nuclear industry i'm so very pleased today to have somebody who has great technical knowledge and understanding of the industry i have with us today jim Sarvinus, who is the managing director of power at hatch hatch as you probably are aware is very much involved in small modular reactors and is very interesting to me in the sense that they are helping out around the world in many different places and, and I think have a, an unparalleled view into the nuclear industry and as well into the concept of small modular reactors. Thanks for joining me today, Jim.
1: Thanks, Lisa. It's great to be talking.
0: Oh, it's really cool. So we hear a lot of people saying, what about SMRs? In fact, what I find really fascinating is that the younger generation, people who are my son's ages, like 20 or 18 years old, talk about small modular reactors. What is the one thing that you wish people knew about small modular reactors?
1: I think the main message that I'd like to get out there is that this technology is really imminent and it's not in the realm of a science project. Uh, There's 12 very capable technology developers who are right now engaged with the Canadian Nuclear Regulator and having their technologies getting ready to be licensed for use in Canada. We have at least three projects that are announced, one at Canadian Nuclear Labs at Chalk River, and they're looking at having a small modular reactor operational by 2026. There's a project in the United States, the Advanced Reactor Development Program, where there'll be a reactor operational in 2027. And back to Canada here at OPG, they're hoping to have a reactor operating by the end of this decade. These are really um, imminent at this point. And I think they're more than ready to to be part of the energy transition in Canada and beyond. The other thing I wanted to say about these new types of reactors is that they're very different from the large nuclear reactors of the past and, and really you can see in their name, small and modular. The small part means that they're up to 300 megawatts in electrical output, but there's a huge range in there and some of the designs are are designed for you know, a handful of megawatts and have different and interesting applications. So the fact that this is a, a smaller reactor than the traditional 1000 megawatt size range that, that we've seen around the world means that these projects will be more readily constructible and, and manageable, and we should not be seeing the big schedule and cost overruns that plagued the nuclear industry in the past. Uh, and the modular aspect means that these reactors will be built in fabrication shops, so in a factory setting, in much more controlled setting than would be traditionally encountered when you're building something at a greenfield site starting from an empty plot of land.
0: And the fuel source itself it's always going to be uranium, I assume, but it's different types of systems like what would be the difference in terms of fuel from say a can do reactor and what we'd be looking at in small modular reactors?
1: Great question, Lisa. It depends on the on the technology that we're talking about, but generally the designs include slightly enriched uranium, whereas the can do reactors use natural uranium. So that's one of the supply chain challenges that the SMR industry is working on. And, you know, certain technologies have an established supply chain in the US and other ones are, are you know, busy reaching that point.
0: We talk a lot about small modular reactors in electricity generation. In fact, we had Ken Arwick on from OPG telling us all about it and the plans that they have for, for their SMR. Um, but it, it's not the only application, is it? it? You can use it in more than just the generation of electricity.
1: Absolutely. That's correct, Lisa. And that's, that's the exciting part about this. You know, as we look at the electricity system in Canada, we actually have a very, very clean grid from coast to coast uh, with, with a few small exceptions, but generally our our electricity in Canada is really carbon free already, where we really need to put some focus in there in other industries, manufacturing industries and, and the like, and, and also transportation. So Many of these reactors can be applied for power generation, but other types of these reactors can be applied for applications that include power, but also have a industrial heat component. So, you know, providing heat for industries like the oil sands that use steam currently. So this is a great potential application in the mining industry. These, a lot of the remote mines in Canada are currently using diesel generation, really because that's their only choice. There's no grid in many of these locations and diesel is the, is the logical source of energy for these remote sites. But so mining is another application. The iron and steel industry is working hard now to decarbonize. And I think this goes along with hydrogen production very well. So many of these, especially the higher temperature, small modular reactors could be coupled well uh, to make hydrogen. So there's a lot of interesting applications and really applicable throughout Canada and beyond.
0: And you mentioned remote locations. Would this also apply to places like the north?
1: Yes, we've got a lot of communities, as you know, in Canada that are small, uh, a thousand people or, you know, a few handful of hundreds of people. And there are some specific technologies that are being developed at the micro size. They're calling these micro SMRs mm-hmm. that could be applied in these remote communities.
0: What's the size of a micro SMR?
1: So there are technologies, for example, um, Westinghouse has a two megawatt size unit called the Avinci reactor. So down to one or two megawatts uh, in that range.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I wanted to change the topic for one second. I, I know that SMRs for a lot of folks are going to be a natural part of our economy and and they're going to be helpful but you know in canada we've built a great supply chain in southwestern ontario for the candu reactors and then the nuclear industry itself. And we've had lots of companies spring up from it. It's been a great economic generator for this part of the world that I live in. And I'm wondering, with the SMRs fabricated, as you pointed out, in different places, is there still gonna be the availability of a supply chain for Canada to take advantage of?
1: I think that's a really important point to discuss. And, you know, as you said, there's a very strong supply chain in Canada that developed from decades of work um, started by AECL back in the 1950s. Many of those suppliers are in Ontario, but, but it goes beyond that. There's some suppliers um, in, in New Brunswick as they have a candor reactor operating there and some specialized companies beyond Ontario. So I think these companies are really well positioned and have the right skills and the right expertise and, and know-how and have a lot to offer in this small modular reactor business. I think the degree to which those companies will benefit from this new industry really depends on how these technology developers engage with the Canadian companies and through many of the industry organizations. There's a lot of push from the supplier side to be sure that they're included and for the benefit of everybody that that would be great to see happen going forward.
0: Yeah, for sure. Of course, when it comes to these kinds of technologies and when it comes to nuclear in particular, just because of the safety and the attention on it and the expense of it, quite frankly, usually there's going to be some kind of government involvement. Uh, what kind of public policy tools are out there in order to discourage or even encourage small modular reactors?
1: That's a great point, Lisa, and it's always been the case that countries that have a strong nuclear program and export nuclear technologies have had great support from their governments. That was the case historically in Canada and AECL and promoting the can do technology around the world had many successes in that regard. So we from an industry point of view, we'd love to see more support from all levels of government. That you know the support is coming, but there are certainly more things we believe that the federal government could do in future to help promote this industry.
0: Yeah. Totally different topic for just as our last question. I'm curious, I'm wondering, are you seeing, you know, engineering students, are you seeing students being attracted to the industry, or is it a place where you have to actually actively go out there and recruit?
1: Actually, we're seeing students extremely interested in nuclear, and that's really heartening for me. We're also seeing other professionals already in the energy industry or in other industries who have come to us and want to work in nuclear because they see that as part of the solution that the world needs to fight climate change. you know, People haven't changed that much over the years, but I have noticed that the new grads coming into the company now really have that big picture in mind, probably more than I did 27 years ago when I started at Hatch. So that's great to see that they're worried about the future and want to work in industries that will have a positive impact and create positive change. And I always say that these new grads are smarter than the rest of us. So I think they're onto something here and (laughs) hopefully the rest of society will follow.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way too. Well, Jim, thank you so very much for joining me today in our quick chat with respect to smell modular reactors and the opportunities that are out there, the challenges that the industry is facing, and the fact that it really is a key component to getting our emissions down and helping fight climate change. Jim Sarvinas, the Managing Director of Power at Hatch. Thanks a lot, Jim.
1: Thanks, Lisa. It was a pleasure
0: great thanks so much for tuning in now if you have any questions or comments or even requests on topics to discuss drop me a line at lisa.rate at cibc.com your interactions actually will make this better i'm your host lisa rate and this has been the rate stuff i'll talk to you next week
2: the materials disclosed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and subject to our code of conduct as well as iROC rules. The information and data contained herein has been obtained or derived from sources believed to be reliable. Without independent verification by CIBC Capital Markets and to the extent that such information and data is based on sources outside CIBC Capital Markets, we do not represent or warrant that any such information or data is accurate, adequate or complete. Notwithstanding anything to the contrary herein, CIBC World Markets Inc. and or any affiliate thereof shall not assume any responsibility or liability of any nature in connection with any of the contents of this communication. This communi- is tailored for a particular audience and accordingly this message is intended for such specific audience only any dissemination redistribution or other use of this message or the market commentary contained herein by any recipient is unauthorized this communication should not be construed as a research report the services securities and investments discussed in this report may not be available to nor suitable for all investors nothing in this communication constitutes a recommendation offer or solicitation to buy or sell any specific investments discussed herein speakers on this podcast do not have any actual implied or apparent authority to act on behalf of any issuer mentioned in this podcast the commentary and opinions expressed here Herein are solely those of the individual speakers, except where the author expressly states them to be the opinions of CIBC World Marketing. The speakers may provide short-term trading views or ideas on issuers, securities, commodities, currencies, or other financial instruments, but investors should not expect continuing analysis, views, or discussion relating to those instruments discussed herein. Any information provided herein is not intended to represent an adequate basis for investors to make an informed investment decision and is subject to change without notice. CIBC Capital Markets is a trademark brand name under which Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, CIBC, its subsidiaries and affiliates provide products and services to our customers customers around the world for more information about these legal entities as well as the products and services offered by CIBC Capital Markets please visit www.cibccm.com